What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Matt Stefano breaking down the second college football playoff poll of 2022. We talk about what they got right, what they didn't, different paths for different schools, different conferences. We then jump into week 10 in the NFL. We were given some updates on Thursday Night Football, looking ahead to Sunday and the Eagles date with the Washington Commanders on Monday Night Football. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the Bullpen Cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy this weekend's football. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, all football this week. And, of course, we had to get on the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D. Matt Stefano. how are you? I'm doing great, man. We are, like, there's a game on right now while we're potting. It's not the best matchup in the whole world, no. but that's happening. And, I mean, college football, we could not be more in the thick of it. We got an action this got week. A beer. Yes, I, I've got a beer. I'm talking football with my guys. So, I, I mean, I'm in a great, I'm in a great mood, all right? Even though my fantasy teams suck, oh, yeah. I'm in a great spot. I'm very much in that <laughs> same boat. Uh, not that anybody cares. Five straight losses for the halfway house selects. Mm. Mm. Not great. Not great. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about fantasy football. I will say, because you brought it up, it feels almost right that we have a toilet bowl Thursday night game because we've had some high-profile team names thrown in there, but having the Panthers and the Falcons, just two really shitty teams this year, not not garbage franchises, you know, they've both made the Super Bowl in the last however many years and blah, 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 but just two terrible teams this season make the or being on Thursday night football. It just feels right. It's like when the Titans and the Jaguars both stunk an emphasis on both, but like we always had, that was guaranteed during the color rush era. Like it just feels good. Do you agree? Uh, it does feel nice. I mean, I, well, I, I, that last one, you caught me off guard with the color rush comment. Yeah. Remember those jerseys? I remember playing. Like See, the they're still gold? out there a little bit. Some of the teams still wear them. They do. But when it was like a, when it was a necessity that you had to wear the color, it was rush. like a right. Right. And in Madden, whenever I played somebody, I always played the color rush jerseys. Well, yeah, you had to do that. Same with NHL. Like you always wear the, you always wear the what's it called, the the alternate jerseys. You know, if you're playing as the Flyers, you got to wear the the black jerseys from uh, you know the '90s. Which, speaking of, went to my first Flyers game of the season. They wore their reverse retros. They're so yeah. bad. They're not good. They're, if you're not a Flyers I, fan, I, you're not a hockey fan. They're yeah, they're just and white. it's also tough. White, black. The there's pants, a little bit of orange. The warm-up pants got lit up. Probably well, the Alls, if they, so. They, they should have just worn them for the game. But, you know, now you know, they won the game. They won, you know, what was it, 3 nothing, 4 No, it was 4-1. And, um, yeah, 4-1. Yeah, and, you know, so now I, I guess they're good. I don't know. 
But anyway, we're, we're talking football. We're talking football here. Sorry. Yeah, we got off track there. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, no, no. This is what the people enjoy out of us. The ones that have been – the real ones that have been here for five and a half years, they, they know. They know what, we're, what we get after here, <laughs> including the second college football playoff poll, Matt. I talked about it in the recap show, which I might do again next week, which if people liked that, let me know, where I talk about the games and everything. But we got the second poll. Georgia moves up to number one. We talked about that a little bit last week of what might happen. Ohio State stays pat at two. Michigan up to number three. TCU fourth. And then fifth is Tennessee. Sixth is Oregon. Seventh, LSU. Eight, USC. Bama falls to nine. And Clemson is dead. They're tenth. Matt, what was your immediate takeaways from seeing this new poll? Well, they got it more right. But, I mean, we kind of knew this was going to happen anyway, right? Um, they just they, they got it more correct, I guess, if you will, than they had before. Clemson sure. was way overranked. They showed that very quickly against a not horrible, but not an elite Notre Dame team. Yeah. Um, again, again, better than people think they are, but not great. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I – Tennessee lost, right? You can't be, you can't be the number one team – like they're in the right spot at five. They're still very much so in this because sure. TCU is is like the heart attack kids right now. They're go- they're going to lose a game and then yes. they're out of it, right? So my my honest opinion is I I think Tennessee and Oregon are as well are better off are, are they've got a higher percentage in my book. If I was putting money on it, I think one of those two makes it over TCU. So um, but I think they got one through they got one through six right easily. Um, and then after that, obviously the waters just get a little murky, right? Yeah. Um, LSU, I like LSU has to be ahead of Alabama. They beat them. They're, they were better. Right. You know, I I think after that too, though, I think that the, I think there's a clear delineation, right. Of like those top six teams, A, A, they deserve it, but B, they're also good enough to be there. And then after that, you kind of get this mismatch of teams. Some of who I think are talented, but, but tripped up, AKA LSU and Alabama, some that are maybe still leaving a little overrated, like a Clemson. I don't know about you. There's a lot of what ifs after that, but the but the top of the the top of it looks right to me. I mean, that's that's the best way I can put it. So it's interesting you say the TCU is in a terrible position comparatively to Tennessee and to Oregon. What do you think TCU's odds? I just looked this up as you were talking about it. Their odds to make the college football playoff. What do you think they are? Oh wow. Um, Forty percent. So it's seven to one. Yes, minus twelve hundred. Meaning you have to bet twelve hundred dollars to win a hundred bucks. If I were to put twelve dollars on it, I would win a dollar. That they do not make the college football playoff. Tennessee is minus two forty. Meaning bet two forty to win a hundred. Michigan plus one forty. No is minus one one seventy five. UCLA plus six hundred. Oregon is plus three hundred. And then you get some of the interesting ones. Georgia's minus 2,500. Uh, Ole Miss, the backdoor of them getting in is uh, plus 2,500. USC, plus 450. Ohio State, minus 650, plus 450. Little little value there on a, if you really hate Ohio State. Clemson now, no, is minus 650. Yes, plus four, 450. LSU, no, minus 750, which kind of makes kind of makes sense. We can dive into the SEC in a second. Um, and then there's some other ones too. Alabama, interestingly enough, which I think that's right, 
is yes, plus 1,400, and no, minus 5,000, which I think <laughs> Alabama, so diving into the SEC and everything, Alabama, We talk, I talked about a little bit on the recap of Alabama's in such a shitty position now because, both A, both of their losses are in the SEC. So for them to make the SEC championship game, they have to win their final two games. LSU has to lose their final, or their final three games, excuse me. LSU has to lose two of their final three games in order for Alabama to make the SEC championship game and give them any sort of backdoor chance at making the college football playoff. And they'd obviously need to beat Georgia, who now has such a commanding lead with everything in terms of making the playoffs. They have the tiebreaker with Tennessee and the SEC East. You mentioned it though, Matt, that Tennessee's in this good of a spot to make the playoff. Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan have to play. They're going to play probably whoever loses that game. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I went over this today when, when I was thinking about it. The loss, I feel like, is just too late in that final game of the season to think the loser and then obviously wouldn't play in the Big Ten championship game, so they don't get a 13th game. It's just too late of a loss for the loser to get in. Is that where Tennessee can hold their hat that TCU is probably going to lose something? They're probably going to drop a game. And Big Ten, there's going to be something there. Is there an off shot that the Ohio State-Michigan loser, like say Michigan beats Ohio State, does Ohio State have something to hold their hat on and thinking we're going to get in? Yeah, man. So uh, I'll start with like the, the beginning of the combo. Is like Tennessee in a better spot? They're arguably in a better spot than than let's just say Michigan because they're ranked below Ohio State, but they're in a better spot than the loser of Michigan, Ohio State. But they're also like T- TCU has to play in the Big Twelve championship game, right? Now they're playing Texas this weekend. Texas is second in the Big Twelve at the moment. Mm-hmm. But t- Tennessee, assuming Georgia runs the table, Tennessee's out in the Big 12, in the in the SC championship game, yep. which you could argue should hurt you, but in this case, it helps them. They're going to be a one-loss team. Their loss is to Georgia on the road, right? They have a couple signature wins. They're not playing anybody of note. They've got Arkansas and Texas A&M, who early in the season you would have thought were great wins. They're still quality wins, right? But my point is they just have to win their next three games, and chaos will most likely – get them into the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm making an assumption that TCU trips up. But even if TCU runs the table in the regular season, they still have to go play in the in the Big 12 championship game. Even if Georgia runs the table, now that's probably their one their one negative. If Georgia runs the, runs the table and loses in the SEC championship game to like an LSU, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, LSU gets into the, with two losses, still gets into the college football playoff. Georgia bumps Tennessee. They're not going to take three SEC teams if if Ohio, if Ohio State, TCU, are if they win out, right? Those two teams get in, the SEC champ gets in, and then the loser. But that, but I'm saying all this, but Oregon's going to jump back in there because they're it's a worse loss because they lost by a lot, but they lost the first week of the season, and they're playing great football right now. So there's so much swirl, but Tennessee just – if Tennessee wins out, unless Georgia loses – Tennessee's in the college football playoff. That's the way I look at it, right? Yeah. And to your point, which is a shame because it because they got beat. It, they got like they got beat. It was on the road, but Georgia bullied them. If Michigan Ohio State goes to like overtime, right, or it's really close, I would argue that it's a better it's a better you know it's a better loss, right? Especially if Michigan loses by like three on the road, one loss on the road. I, I don't know. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a really tough year is, is the way I'm, I'm kind of shaking it out. And again, Oregon's still floating out there. 
USC and UCLA are still kind of around as well. You kind of mentioned Ole Miss, but they've got a harder path. And then LSU is the troublemaker. They're not going to get an at large, but if they make the SEC championship game and upset Georgia, they're going to have a real opportunity to be in the playoff as well. So there's a lot of teams still in it with only really three weeks left in the, in the, in this, in the regular season, which is pretty impressive. It's really crazy because it seemed like it was going to run away, right, of what was going to happen here. With You knew, obviously, Tennessee was going to run into the wall. You didn't think Alabama would lose two games or they might still – you know, you didn't think they were going to even lose to LSU even after they lost to Tennessee. So you kind of thought we were on that collision course. Obviously, that's not happening now. I just was looking at it with the 2017 season where Alabama backdoored their way into this, losing to Auburn, and Auburn lost then to Georgia, who had – previously lost to Auburn, which is why Georgia got in and Alabama found their way in there. But the reason for that, if we go back five years ago, was because there were so many two-loss teams. Now, I agree with you. Alabama remaining good, I think, is the best thing for Tennessee. And it's kind of the same with Michigan and Ohio State, where they're the only two teams to have beaten Penn State. Penn State, at least when they're not playing Ohio State and Michigan, look pretty good. And can at least do, you know, do some damage. But they're also a team that kind of needs to remain up there. You know, that I always like to say the Joker and the Dark Knight, you need me, all that stuff. And it's just crazy to think about. Now, you're right. If LSU does beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, the conference that's had the most two bid team or two bid, two bid, two bids, I guess. Um, yeah. It's late. I'm sorry that. My math brain cannot uh, conjugate sentences. But yeah, I think it's funny because we've seen this before in that 2017 season where Ohio State, Ohio State fans say they got screwed, but they had two losses. And would the committee have the gall to say to the SEC champion with all the championships they've had over the last 15 years, including one of two of which were LSU championships? No, fuck you. Get out of here. Yeah, I can't. I can't see them doing it. I I think they've positioned LSU now, with where they sit in the rankings, to potentially jump up, um, to jump up above Tennessee, and and then and then potentially I get, to me if LSU wins the SEC, they're in. Yeah. But I get your point. I mean, they don't they don't necessarily have great losses, but they were no. at the beginning of the Brian Kelly era, right? So I'm with you. I, I think. I mean. It's a fascinating year, and, and the weirdest part is we're just talking about this. In theory, you still have a team in 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 kind of in UCLA who's ranked 12th, who you could argue still has an opportunity, right? If the cards fall correctly, to, to have a have an opportunity. They're five and one, right, in the conference. Um, they have their only losses in conference. Like they're not that far out of it either. If the Trojans or the Ducks slip up and they get into the game, they lost to Oregon. Right, they play UC at UC at USC, so you, those two are going to count to kind of pack themselves out. But it's, it's like a long time since we've had a team ranked twelfth that still theoretically has a road to the playoff, right? Because there's a the Pac-12 is not dead. Oregon, Oregon, USC, and UCLA have made sure of it this late in the season yep. that they're not dead, right? And, and now agree. again, two of them are going to the two are going to play each other. They're going to knock you, they're knock themselves out. Oregon still has to beat Washington and Utah. They don't have a super easy road, but. Um, it, yeah, so the Pac-12 is not dead. I think the ACC's dead. Can we agree on that? I 100% agree, I, which is uh, – I was uh, going to say to you. No one's theoretically dead because all the teams in front of you, uh, Clemson could lose randomly this week to sure. horrible teams. Sure. It could happen, right? But let's be real. <laughs> no, and I think – so I, 
let's put a pin in that because I would like to circle back to Clemson being dead. But I think I was about to ask you, and I just looked up their schedule, of why UCLA, in the position that they want to put, like we've seen this so many times, of buying into potential scenarios from the committee, why UCLA stayed behind Ole Miss. And I wonder if it's because Ole Miss is playing Alabama. But if LSU loses a game, Ole Miss, and they win out, they have a better SEC record than LSU despite losing to them. Right now, LSU has the tiebreaker because LSU beat them. But they still technically have an opportunity to be in the top 10 for an SEC championship game. So no, I mean Ole Miss is and Ole Miss is going to get a super quality if if they can beat Alabama, which will be a tough matchup. Alabama is is a is a wounded a wounded animal right now, and not in a good way, right? Like they're they're not happy. You know Nick Saban's furious. Their defense is underachieving. Bryce Young's been injured. They're replacing a lot of playmakers. This isn't an out, but they're still a good football. If, if, but if Ole Miss beats them, but again to your point, LSU has to trip up. I can't see Ole Miss. I don't know if they're getting enough love to get up above Oregon, above the Pac-12 champ, the Big Ten champ, the SEC champ, and Tennessee. So I think they're kind of trapped in that. It's not the first year they've done this. Like last year, they had a great team too. They had two losses. This is a good old Miss team that just can't get that one win they need to get over the hump and be really in the college football playoff conversation. They have a road, you're right, but they're not. It's going to take a little more than that in my mind. Yeah, and I think kind of now – backtracking what I just said I feel like it's almost just the Pac-12 or the SEC bias over a Pac-12 team because they do like to like buy into potential scenarios which is my complaint last week of the and they did it again this week of the fucking bracket where they have number two Ohio State number three Michigan in a bracket playing each other they're not going to play in the playoff that game is a regular season game if you want to put it as a little add-on to the bracket do that just don't annoy me and probably a lot of other people out there that are way older than me and be like, oh, they'd play if the thing happened today. No, they fucking play in the regular season. But <laughs> yeah, Clemson. But I, I just, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Let's go. Yeah, please. Let's yeah. talk about this. I am because and this is the the other half of the Big Ten argument mm-hmm. of of the Ohio State Michigan loser of the rest of the conference is just so bad. And especially it's why when USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten, they're getting rid of the divisions that this has been the argument with the ACC for every fucking year is that whoever you play in the ACC championship game because of the way that the Coastal and the Atlantic are built out, and you can easily say this about the Big Ten, I am a Big Ten fan, and I will fully admit the Big Ten West sucks at football. But the Atlantic Coast Conference is so bad, and the, I mean, granted, North Carolina is a very good team right now, and that could be a quality win for Clemson if they, if they win that. They should have lost to, to Wake Forest. They should have lost to Syracuse. That's not a guarantee that they're going to win it. And the fact that they said, fuck you, we're finally done with your bullshit, ACC. You lost one game to Notre Dame, who A, is no longer in your conference. So a couple years ago, where they lost to Notre Dame and then beat them because Notre Dame had to join the ACC in, in the COVID year, that doesn't matter. They're, you know, it's just so nice to see that we're finally getting, and I like a lot of the ACC schools. I'm not trying to jump down their throats or anything, but football wise, it's been such a fucking kick in the dick watching Clemson 
run through this. And they won national championships. So you can't really complain. But, like, this is what we came became used to before Dabo took Clemson over the hump. And it's nice to see it back. I know that sounds yeah, crazy. I mean, the, you go. Go ahead. Well, I mean, they're, they're an, look, the ACC is a stronger basketball conference than a football conference. But the hardest Correct. part is that they're two flag. But they're Football's two like flagship fifth schools. best conference. But they're but they're two flagship schools. Florida State and Miami continue to struggle year in and year out, right? And and even beyond that, right? Like Virginia Tech is no longer the Frank Beamer Virginia Tech that we we grew we me and you kind of grew up with, yes. right? And so now Clemson obviously has been very good lately. They're they're they're, they're not a I wouldn't consider them a college blue blood like a. But every school ebbs and flows. People forget that Alabama sucked before, like really was not good before they were Nick bad. Saban, right? They, were they bad. bear Bryant. They, they arguably have the two greatest college football coaches of all time in Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. But this isn't exactly, honestly, it's tough for me to tell you this, but the school that's probably the most consistent has been Ohio State, right? Yeah. They, they have no, a very right. few down decades, whereas other schools, I, I say all that, there's, but Clemson's not a blue blood, but they're a high, high level college football program. Dabo's done a great job, but it was becoming a a one team. It was kind of like the Big Twelve for a while, where it was really just Oklahoma, right? Yeah. And it was like, hey, if they if they lose, they're out. But they were running the table every year. And how do you keep how do you keep them out, right? But um, this and I'm not a I am not a Clemson hater. My sister in law went there. It's a it's a great school, by the way, uh, and it's a tremendous football program that Dabo has built. But it was getting old watching them basically thunder through the a- ACC. You know, they did have a couple good you know, not this is where I feel like some structure to the non conference schedule would yes. be helpful. Right. Thank you. It's like and by the way, and this is an argument that Michigan is hurting themselves. They can't afford a loss because they didn't beat anybody. Their best win to date is Penn State. I think they are a top five team. They they are loaded. They've got a Heisman candidate in Blake Corum. The defense is very good. They're gonna battle Ohio State, in my opinion, who's also very talented. Um but they they, you know, you got to start. I mean, and some of it's trouble. Hard part here, right? People go, like, oh, some of these are some of these games are scheduled years in advance, and by the time that team gets here, they're not good anymore, right? So that's, but that's because of the setup. And so I don't know how to fix it. You know, um, I, I wish there was a better way. Obviously, expanding the college football playoff, it helps because it it might incentivize teams to schedule harder opponents because now you can afford one or two losses, Correct. right? Because of the playoffs, bigger. so I'm not a. I, I like six. The more I, I look at this year, like I think six is a really nice number for me. I know they might go eight to twelve. I get that, but I do think it incentivizes better non-conference games where Clemson does go play. I mean, how much fun would it be to have uh, Clemson go play USC, yes. right? To have Georgia traveling to Oklahoma, like do more of these fun matchups where it's. But I get why if you're if you're Jim Harbaugh, yeah, you don't want to. Right why, now, why you don't you want schedule? to. Right. Exactly. Well, think about this. In college basketball, we have the Coaches Challenge every year. It's the same four schools. It's Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, and Michigan State always playing each other. And you yeah. know what? If you win that game, great. If you lose it, as long as you lost it kind of whatever and you're competitive mm-hmm. in your respective conference, then that's a great loss. It's a quality loss. And granted, yeah. That's like what the college football purists that say, oh, you know, you know, the, there shouldn't be a playoff. You know, it's, you know, the, the regular season matters more. Well, you know what? In college basketball. That, okay. yeah. yeah, I I disagree too. Because I, 
I would be in favor of a larger expansion, partially because of that. And if you want to be like, oh, the regular season doesn't matter. Look at these fucking conferences. Look at how they're how they're set up. And I think what the Big Ten's doing of eliminating divisions is probably the answer for a lot of these. Now, granted, the SEC. the Big Twelve does, and I and I'm more about that than I ever have been because because it guarantees the best teams play. Granted, it's hard because Georgia's already beaten Tennessee, so why should they have to play again? Oh, I didn't realize the Pac-12 did. The Pac-12 doesn't have divisions anymore. I know. I yeah, they got rid of that too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I like that. that. I'm in on that. I am but, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was. No, you're right. Taking think, a swig of the no, beer. No, no, no. You're fine. You're <laughs> fine. You're fine. You, you brought up a point, and I want to try to remember what you said that pick pick like pinged in my mind is something that I uh, I which, felt strongly about. What about which now, shitty division? No. Well, a couple of things I make, all right? I, I, I'm not necessarily opposed to – and we're getting like down a rabbit hole here, but that's fine. We're okay. Yeah. I'm not opposed to teams playing cu- a cupcake or two, right? Oh, it's I like, hate it's when like, the SEC – the SEC middle of November. Not in the middle of the season. I get it I hate the middle the of November SEC yeah, cupcake. Right. It's so Granted, for, Yeah, but let me – there's three reasons. I, I don't like in the middle of the season. I agree. It should be at the beginning of the season. Three reasons I like it. One, it gives great exposure to that smaller school and – and their prospects. I, I brought this up before, but Khalil Mack went to Buffalo. He played against Ohio State. They lost, but he had a tremendous game against NFL talent, offensive linemen, and that propelled him to a high draft pick. So that's important. They get paid. It also gives it also gives kind of a preseason game for the, the coaching staff of, of the team, right? And third, it actually provides the opportunity for non-starters to get playing time, Correct. which is helpful. So, uh, But one, maybe two, Beyond that, though, I'm with you. I, I think one. I think it's like every school should get that one team that they play. That's a low let, low end Division One school, but it has some talent, right? So you're just still. It's kind of like a warm up game, right? But after that, I think they should have to play. You know, they have to have to play teams, right? I'm with you there, big time. Um, that really, that really, not too many. Like it just gets out of control. But again, there's no incentive. There's zero. Like Harbaugh. Whether you agree with it or not, he said, I'm going to play three cupcakes, I'm going to blow them all out, and I'm going to be ranked super high, right? I mean, right? There's well, no real Specifically with Michigan, that. there's one game that matters. And if you can go into that game undefeated, it matters oh so much yeah. more. And that's the Ohio State now, game, the last game of the regular season. I don't think the Big Ten is as bad. So I'm going to say this. I don't think the Big Ten is as bad as the ACC, but I think the ACC, team, ACC might have as, more teams that are ranked. The middle of the Big Ten has kind of fallen off. With Wisconsin being down, not Penn State, not and, down, and Michigan but State just having not bad Penn years. State of, right, not Penn, and, and Penn State's not as they're not as elite. They're still a good team, but because that, I mean, we talked about this last week. That Ohio State game, they was way closer than the than that score it was at the end. But right, you just kind of like a little bit of a down Big Ten. It's like you have a little bit of a down Big Twelve, right? Not as, but the top's still heavy. Anyway, getting off track. I like it. I like the. The only negative I have to expand the playoff is, um, is are we putting the student athletes, the people that are going to get drafted, just don't want them. You know, it's just one that's more fair. game where they get that, injured. That's a fair argument. Does it? So, but uh, but you can still find ways to limit that. But that's my one concern is that, and because you do want to think about their futures, right? It's it's why these horrible targeting rules are in place, whether you agree with them or not. I don't agree with how they're handled, but I understand the the the, the essence of the rule. Um, anyway, so just, just a thought, um, just want to be, you can't have them playing four or five extra games, right? 
two or three extra games I can get behind. Yeah. Once we get to like four, I just get concerned about the, the, the student athlete. I mean, these running backs aren't getting paid in the NFL because they're getting torn up in college, adding games to that. Especially if you go to Alabama, your starter freshman year, you're basically playing a whole other college football season in the three years you're playing, right? Yeah. Like that's the scary part. Yeah, so, I mean, it's what again, happened to Trent Richardson, also, yeah, right? Yeah. He was yeah, a st- he just got burnt. He, just got, he was a yeah, starter. He, he took over as soon as Mark Ingram left. Now, granted, Mark mm-hmm. Ingram, who also had a, a very solid college career, had a very lengthy NFL career. So, yeah, you know, there's something. Yeah, but no, I agree. Sure. It, there is a that, that's a good argument. That's like the I wasn't a fan of the Universal DH until I heard about the we're throwing this much money into relief pitching. We shouldn't have them batting. That's a very very right. solid argument thrown there. And um, I will miss the they will miss I will miss the double switches. And the managerial aspects of it, but at the same time, I, I do from a safety standpoint. I I, I agree. You know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Looking at the the slate, we talked about Alabama, Ole Miss. We also have. We mentioned TCU before. TCU, Texas, in Austin, Texas, a seven point favorite. Matt, three lost Texas. What do you got on this one? Um, well, this is a big game, right? We just kind of talked about the um, – so I guess it's like a similar sentiment to um, what we just talked about with Tennessee being uh, like not favored as the number one team. Like the number four team in the nation is visiting a th- three good losses, but a three-loss Texas team and is not favored. Like yep. that tells you – this is why I don't think – I don't know if TCU gets out of this weekend. Um <laughs> I think again. I think they're a very good. They're very high powered. This is not the TCU Gary Patterson era. They're a high powered offense, but I, I, this could. This is looking like another comfort behind effort from TCU, like they did last week. Um, I, I think it shows you that it proves my point. I don't think TCU makes it. No. I'd love for them too because I'm. A, I'm I go corn frogs all the way, but I don't. I don't think they make it. No, I would agree. I. Um, I just think at this point, if you're Texas. If you're a booster of the Longhorns, you're just like kicking yourself for not having like some sort of magic wand to fix um quarterback. His what the, the quarterback who got hurt in the Alabama game. Um, help me here, Matt. Whatever fixing. Oh, oh uh, um, no, um, or, um, uh, Quinn Quinn uh, Quinners. It's yes. like spelled not like that, but Quinn yeah. Quinn. His last yeah. name's like I think I'm saying right, Quinners. Yeah. But you're, like you're, you're kicking yourself of, of, oh, LSU beat them, Tennessee beat them, why can't we, all this. And, yeah, I think they're fighting for something. They're building, at this point, they're just building to, to build momentum for next year. And I think that it's going to be a really interesting game. I don't know. I feel like this is going to come down to a late, late possession, maybe a field goal game. Somebody comes down and drives to pull it out. But who knows? I mean, if Texas really comes out angry, you could really see an embarrassing loss that shoves them past the Ole Miss. Or Ole Miss is playing Alabama. So past the the UCLA's, the Utah's, the Penn State's of the world. Maybe past Clemson. Maybe Clemson loses again. Uh, they're playing Louisiana, so I don't know. But, oh no, Louisville. Excuse me. The uh, abbreviations today with CLT coming out on the Charlotte Hornets uh New New Jersey's it's all throwing me off, but um yeah I I agree I think it's gonna be a really fun game it's fun that it's Saturday night football seven thirty game but uh especially comparatively I mean I'd be more excited for the Wake Forest North Carolina game Wake Forest is favored in that but 
I don't know. That that could be that could maybe be interesting. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, the Wake oh the Wake Forest North Carolina game. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so much promise for some of these like middling and then right below it like Florida State Syracuse is another yeah. like interesting ACC game. And then you've got well, NC State Boston College shouldn't really matter. But if Wake Forest um, beats North Carolina, does Clemson go down in the rankings despite beating Louisville? <laughs> So my opinion is they should, yeah. but they won't. Right? Yeah, let's be yeah. real. I mean, May May's a stud. I I think but Wake's favored. It's on the road. It's in Wake Forest, but it's a three loss team is favored on the road. I mean, these betters are getting it right, which is the scary part, right? Yeah. Um. So, you know, I think it's a really important game for the ACC because they need North Carolina to stay up close in the rankings to just kind of keep the uh, keep, keep the, the dream alive, going, yeah. keep the dream alive, right? Yeah. That, that's uh. That's a big, uh, big deal. But then the other game, I, I don't think you mentioned it was uh, UCF Tulane. Yes, that's a, that is actually a really this good is, game. Because this is a game that can decide. Like Tulane wins, they're they're in the driver's seat for that new for that New Year's uh, New Year's six, six automatic the, auto, ranked. the yeah. AQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, because yeah, you're Be right. They're Friday ahead of Notre night. Dame. Oh, Notre Dame can't steal yeah. it. They have three losses. Right, right, yeah. So would be an opportunity there for uh, Tulane. They've got to pull this one out, and then. You got that Friday night scary. I know it's one and eight Colorado team, but USC playing on Friday night. I think Caleb Williams smokes them, but just want to throw it out there. It could it could happen. You never know. <laughs> well, so it's funny you mention that because you know, in thinking about the Clemson stuff we talked about, it was also the same time when we were in high school in the first couple of years we were in college that USC was very good. And it was our senior year of high school. At Berkshire, Matt, I think you know this, but for the audience, we had class from Monday to Saturday because we had half days on Wednesdays and Saturdays to play sports. So I'm sitting in study hall. We had to sit in our rooms, do our homework from 8 to 10 on a Friday night. Very similar situation. USC favored by a gajillion points. It might have even been more than 34 and a half. And they (laughs) lost to Stanford in the BCS era. So they were done. Now, granted, if they lose here, they're definitely done with two losses. But this is a game you got to keep an eye out on. I'm going to see Black Panther 2 tomorrow, so I will not be watching the game, or at least not the first half. I'm seeing it at 8 o'clock. So maybe I catch the second half, you know, get all excited, maybe have you know shed a few tears for for uh, T'Challa and also, you know, what tomorrow is with my dad and everything. But uh, <laughs> this game, you're exactly right, is going to be very very intriguing because of that exact fact. It should go that way, but kind of like Rocky versus Drago, if the Russian gets cut, who the fuck knows? This could be an exciting game. Yeah. It's also, by the way, from a draft perspective, tune in because Caleb Williams, not this year, right? He's not eligible this year, but next year is looking like a potential level one overall pick. He's got a lot of hype out there. Um, he's a guy you want to pay attention to if your team's going to be drafting high next year, right? Yeah. This is the kind of guy that's going to be on a lot of people's radar and year two of year. It's really year three for him and Lincoln Riley, but year two of Lincoln Riley, if you will at USC expect really big things from Caleb. So even if the game's not close, it would be a nice Friday watch, kind of a rainy day through most of the, most of the East coast. So it could be an option for some people late in the Friday night, just to, just to tune in and see him throw a little bit. You saw him last year a little bit with um, with Oklahoma, but he's come a long way. So, uh, so yeah, but d- not the biggest slate and definitely doesn't have this week, but definitely definitely doesn't have the earth-shattering rankings situation, right? I know we talked Alabama Ole Miss, and that matters. There's some other games, right, 
Oregon's playing a ranked Washington, but but there's no. I, I guess you mentioned though. To me though, you're right though. I guess I, I guess I take that comment back. That TCU Texas game is as 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 big of a of a rankings game as anything because if TCU loses, the Big 12's out of the of the equation in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. unless some real crazy stuff happens. So I, I also think. Back. Yeah. I also think just a last point. Then we're going to move to the NFL. LSU only up three because it's a rivalry game. Battle of the Golden Boot against at Arkansas. Also has a lot of for the seventh ranked team. A game with a lot of implications there because if they lose and Ole Miss beats Alabama, Ole Miss all of a sudden in the driver's seat. They won't be any. I don't think Mm -hmm. they they jump up to like six or anything. But you know, all of a sudden the pieces start to move a little more. So you gotta. Got to keep an eye out for that. The, the noon slate has some sneaky good games and some non-ranked games, but keep an eye out on that one. You know, I mean, I agree. It's, it's a great point. That's a tight line for us, the seventh team rivalry of the nation. Game. It's um, a rivalry game. And I really think with Texas A&M being so down, I really think it's 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 the last chance, um, you know, for an Ole Miss or even an Alabama, right, to get excited about LSU dropping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this might be it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so Matt, let's jump over NFL Week 10. We now have a, a little bit of a barn burner going on in Amazon Prime. 13 to 9 in the third quarter. Falcons scored a touchdown. So that's exciting. You know, still kind of a garbage pail game, but that's okay. Matt, the NFL's going to Germany. What do we think we're going to see out of the German crowd? Three million people requested tickets. That's really? Cool. Yeah, I like that. I'm in. I think that's really nice. Um, I, I think they're. They, I, th- I think they were thinking this is this game is like almost in an opposite spot. Is yes, it? it absolutely is. They thought <laughs> right? this was going to be like a Tom Brady, you know, victory lap. You know, maybe yeah. get, maybe get Giselle there. She, you know, the name sounds kind of German. You know, mm-hmm. get get her there. I know, obviously, she's Brazilian, but uh. You know, you know, maybe, maybe that way, and you know, it, a lot of things went a different way. By the mm-hmm. time that Tom right. Brady got to Germany, his team's under five hundred. Geno Smith is still tearing it up. You say all that, and yet the Bucks are uh, uh, favored by two and a half. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Seahawks have been. I, I actually can't remember we're overachieving. They, were they favored to get? Were they? They had to be. Maybe they were favorites against the Giants last week. It was a home game. Uh, they might have been. I don't remember. But yeah. You might be right. They might have been. They yeah. might have been. But still, yeah. they've been dogs and continue to do it. I don't know. It's, it's well, a weird not... game. Neutral site. Yeah. Right. Really good Bucks defense. Just the offense can't figure it out. They. The, what's weird, though, is that they're actually they're gaining a lot of yards. Yeah. They, and they just they, don't they just turn it over. Yeah. They turn it over. Right. And they, and they have bad turnovers. Field goals. Right. They're a right. weird team. It's um, going to be a weird game. They're a weird team. Mm-hmm. I'm playing golf. Set, well, you know Sunday why? Morning, Wait, so I won't watch this. Gronkowski. Gronkowski is not on the team. They have no red zone threat. When they get in the red zone, they don't. They don't. Their receivers aren't. There's. They like, look. Godwin's coming back from his injury. Mike Evans is a stud, but they're not an elite red zone team. Well, they run the weirdest and, formations. They uh, run these weird bunch stack things, there, and then they try yeah. to do crossing routes. It's a very weird like if you've ever watched if you've watched a Bucks game, which if you watch a lot of the NFL or you watch Red Zone, you're certainly seeing this. You see like they'll try to like put one guy on an island and then put the other three to confuse them, 
and they get you know the mixes of the whatever Julian Edelman 7.0 is and mm. you know different dudes out there and you know who the two guys are so they're not getting fooled they just need to you know play man to man there that's what you do in the zone and they're figuring mm-hmm. it out and Tom Brady watching him try to scramble for a run it's like watching I don't know it's like watching fucking caramel Me. spill out of yeah <laughs> I was going to be nicer Sorry. to us, but I was, you know, it's like watching molasses roll. Like it's yeah. not good. Um, it's a big. I mean, the funny thing is, that it's a big game for them because the Bucks are right there. I mean, they're right there in the division. I still think division they win the leader. Division. I still think they go to the play. I still think they go to the playoffs. Like, yeah. I mean, it's cool though. It's gonna be a fun game to watch. I'm excited to kind of pick. You know, um, tune in. I know you'll be golfing, but I'll be excited to kind of as much as see I it. Hate, I've never seen a game in Germany, so yeah. Good. As much as I hate the, you know, this is. Not walking back my college football playoff take about the bracket, but you know, looking ahead to the if the NFL playoff started today, the Bucks versus the Cowboys, and if the Bucks were under five hundred and the Cowboys lost to them, <laughs> that would be, just, be it, it. Would be great. It'd be the best thing for the Eagles. They, I'd love them to win another Super Bowl, but it'd be fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but oh, let's look at the rest of the slate. We have the Vikings and the Bills. That is the 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 you know soup of the day, the soup du jour of this Sunday slate. A really good game. Over under though, less than that Buck Seahawks game. Am I crazy to think this is like this line should be closer to like 49-50, Matt? Well, Josh Allen is day to day. Oh, that's a good point. So, that's a good point. The line we don't know over under is probably coming down. Yeah, right. If not, it'd probably be the signature game of the week. You've got the best, you know, one of the two best teams in the AFC versus one of the two best teams in the NFC. You know, the Vikings haven't they haven't really played some of the biggest hitters out there, similar to the Eagles, right? It's been a really cool game. Um, I I hope Josh plays because I'd love to see a. Uh, them really go at it. I mean, obviously, we're rooting for the Bills, too, if you're an Eagles fan, because, mm-hmm. you know, again, we have the tiebreaker, but we go on a two-game losing streak, and suddenly the Vikings would be ahead of us, right? Correct. So, um, you know, it's a big game either way. I mean, it's a great game. Um, it's another yardstick game. I feel like the Bills have played a number of really good football teams, right? Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Matt, Chiefs, Packers, like they they've played a really good schedule so far. Um, the Packers, yeah, but, yeah. It's so I, I agree, but, but again, they're better than the Steelers, I guess. So anyway, you're right. I, but they've played watched, a lot of really good teams. I watched is, their game, part of their game against the Lions last Sunday, and I would beg to. I watched more of the Bills Jets game, but that game was on the other other channel. And um, all right, the Packers stink. You're right; it's not a good win. But they beat a lot of other really good teams. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it's I, definitely the marquee matchup, I think, of the week. Um, it was, it will, it will be if they both play. Uh, it, I mean, if what's his name plays, but it's the marquee matchup. Well, you're right. you're right on saying both because I know who you're thinking of and Matt Stafford. Which, if you're NBC, yeah. you got to be fucking kicking yourself at that point. Oh no, no, no they're playing. Right. The, they're, no, they're playing the the Cardinals. Fucking Cardinals. having two. Why do we have two LA teams? Makes zero sense. Goodell <laughs> building the stupid ass stadium. I keep. I either call them the Clippers. I'm talking about the Chargers who are playing. The San Francisco uh, 49ers. Another great game, by the way. But which yeah. is a good game. But I do this all the time. I either call them the Clippers because it's LAC, or this time I looked at it and I assumed they were the fucking Rams. The Rams used to be in LA. They had a great song, Ram It, YouTube It. It's a great fucking song. It's so funny. 
But yet, why did the, why did they leave San Diego? Now we have those fucking dancing dudes that the Phillies embarrassed. That's all we have in San Diego. Give them back their football team so they don't have to do the stupid dance. I um, I mean, I agree. I think it's ridiculous they have two teams in, in L.A., but we're not going to win that battle. So Yeah, we're not winning. We can it. try. You know, whatever. Um, yeah, put the, put the Chargers in Las Vegas and move the Raiders back to L.A. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, big, big whoopsie on me of forgetting that Josh Allen has – has not practiced this week and same with Matthew Stafford. He doesn't mean he's not going to play Stafford's game, but yeah. It's funny because watching yeah. that game and seeing him hit his, hit his elbow on, on what was it? Was it the very end of the game or was it the middle of the fourth quarter? But either way, he, it didn't look terrible. He just was holding it a little bit and it was kind of like, Oh, like, you know, it didn't seem that terrible, but obviously it's been that way. So, you know, hopefully it does play so that we have a, for the Eagles' sake, that they have a, a good shot there, and then obviously on the other side of things, you know, see where see where this game goes. So it could be a good game, but yeah, the rest of the one o'clock slate, we have some interesting games. I think mainly, and it's it's weird saying this, but the Browns are a frisky team, and the Dolphins have looked better and better since Tua got back. So this, you'd think it wouldn't be a good game. But comparatively to some of the other lines that are out there, it's only three and a half. I feel like they, the Vegas wise guys, are more worried about the potential of the Dolphins trying to slow down the run and seeing what's going on there. That That's a game, though, that I feel like you got to keep circled. I don't know if that's our CBS game because... Oh, yeah, it's not because the Giants are on CBS. But, the, but I don't know. It's a game that if you have red zone, that's one that you're hoping... Gets shown a little bit because I feel like we could see some serious offensive talent. Obviously, everything that the Dolphins have going for them with how good Tua's looked and that receiving core. But I feel like the Cleveland defense, if they can contain the passing game and make them run it, this could be a really intriguing game. I mean, you're also people aren't watching arguably maybe the best running back in football right now, Nick Chubb. I mean, exactly. I know that's I know, what I'm saying. So it's no disrespect to Derrick Henry and and a number of other guys, but. I mean, Chubb has been a monster for this team that you know they're, they're with Jacoby Brissett is not playing great football. This, this Browns team is just trying to hang on for a couple of weeks here. I think it's week 12 that he'll be that uh, Deshaun Watson is back. This is the last week. I think it's the last week without him. They're going to buy. If they can squeak a victory out here, they no, come they in the four and five the, getting. They dish. play the Bills next week. They play the Bills. Okay, never mind. So we're a little farther out than I was thinking. Okay. Well, that's not great for them. So their Browns are in trouble. All right. Anyway. Um, it's still a great game, I and mean, there's still a lot of talent in that Browns team. That Browns defense is very good. They do have yeah. some. They do have some pretty good corners with Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. Greedy Williams is out there. They've got a obviously Miles Garrett, Davian Clowney is there. They got a decent pass rush. So, uh, I, but I think it's in today's NFL, it's it's hard. There's a reason Tyreek Hill has over a thousand yards receiving, and, and Jalen Waddle's not far far behind. I mean, this Miami Miami offense is humming. Um, they add Jeff Wilson. Along with Raheem Mostert, they're basically just the 49ers of the, the 49ers of the East Coast with Mike McDaniel's coming over from Shanahan and bringing two running backs with him. But um, anyway, it's 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 an important game for the Dolphins as they try to keep pace. Right, they're a win behind the Bills. They have the tiebreaker currently. So if you're the um, if you're the Dolphins, it's an important W to pick up here. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially we'll especially the the Jets are on a bye, right? So the Jets. The Jeffs, the Jets, um, depending on how the Bills do, the Jets are either 
in first place or yeah cuz they beat the they beat the dolphins as well or you know depending on how the dolphins do the, the dolphins would be a, a half a game ahead of them which would be assuming the bills lose but you know this all of a sudden becomes and the dolphins would be leading the division right they be, they beat the bills so they would all of a sudden be you know somewhere in there I think they would lose the actually they might have a better conference record than yeah 5 and 2 versus 4 and 2 cuz the Chiefs play the the ja- the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. <laughs> we could be seeing depending on how are the the Ravens are playing are they on a bye? The Ravens are on a bye. We could see the Miami Dolphins move into first place in the AFC if the Bills lose, Matt. Yeah, not wild. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Which And by the way, you could argue it's 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 they're they're underrated because the, their losses came without, without uh, Tua. Tua. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is insane to think about. Especially a year ago where we were we were like, "Oh, do we think Tua is any good?" And now he's a fucking stud. And granted, <laughs> Jalen Waddle's very good and he added one of the best, if not the best type, uh, wide receiver in the NFL. But Still, you know, you could say that about Jalen Hurts very easily. He added A.J. Brown, and that's where the Eagles are. Um, wow, a lot at stake in the AFC this week. Holy shit, I did not realize that. <laughs> um, yeah, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, KC, that's, uh, you know, forget the line. Just this game's going to be on red zone because Patrick Mahomes is going to do Patrick Mahomes things. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you want to tune in, right? Yeah, poor Dougie P. That it's always a good game. Yeah. Um, and the Jags really have, have scuffled after people thought they're coming in a little bit hot. Um, you know, there's now some questions about Trevor Lawrence. I'm not come out saying he's a bum or a bust by any means, but you know, he's not lived up to the expectations of a can't miss first overall prospect that he was. Um, they've struggled there, and it's not like he doesn't have weapons, right? Uh, but Christian Kirk has obviously not lived up to the massive contract he got. Their offensive line is leaky. Their defense has is, is got a lot of holes. Yeah, it's not it's, good. They're still not there yet. Yeah, Doug Peterson had an early early kind of run with them, but they've struggled since. Um, yeah, they, They've got a lot of work to do um, in Duval. Uh, and the Chiefs, are, Chiefs aren't going to make that any better. So they're looking at a pretty solid three and seven, I think. And the Chiefs are continuing to just position themselves in that a really nice sweet spot, right? Um, mm-hmm. in a division that is not nearly as good as we expected it to be, right? Yeah. You talk about a division that people are like, this is it. The Broncos and the Raiders are both vying for top five picks at this point, and um, the Chargers are good. I mean, they're only a loss behind, um, but they're not the they're they're not the overwhelming juggernaut. Injuries are hurting them, but that we expected, right? Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa. They've had some hits on their side on, on their team that have really uh, J, J.C. Jackson. So the 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 AFC West went from being the best division ever in the history of football to quickly being um, not the NFC East. Yeah, <laughs> and the NFC East went from being the worst division in football to maybe the best division in football. That happened very fast. I'm very impressed. The NFL is <laughs> the NFL is the ultimate oh. parody league. Yeah. Although I got to tell you something, the AFC East is not far behind, right? Because yeah. if the worst team in the AFC East is the is the New England Patriots, which it might be, that's saying something. Because I don't, I would not want to play the Patriots. 
I mean, I think I think the Eagles would beat them, right, as an Eagles fan. But they're, but they're not. They're still well coached. They've got a good defense, and they they're, they're actually getting better on offense. Like that, our two divisions are now battling for supremacy in the NFL. Yeah, it's insane to think about. And yeah, if uh, so, if the Chiefs win, the Bills lose, and the Dolphins win, the Dolphins would be in second place. I feel like I was not clear of that before, but um, yeah, some insane shit could really happen in the NFL, which is in, in the AFC, which is nuts to think about. Now, we didn't talk about the Titans. Do you have any thoughts on that before I ask you my question? Well, for my first thoughts on the Titans is they have just come all the way back. Yeah. They have won. Um, this is two no, they, years in they, a row they've done this. They've started like shit, and then yeah. all of a sudden Vrabel's like, boys, I'm going to tackle you. Derrick Henry, and I'm going to break your arm if you don't if you don't start scoring some touchdowns. And I'm a... I'm not a Titans guy. That's made You're that not. Clear at the beginning you hate of the, the season. Titans. Like, the Titans are to you what the Vikings are to me. And it's not a disrespect to Vrabel, but I'm not a Tannehill guy. I'm not a, I'm not a Malik Wills guy. I, I, I love Derrick Henry. I, mean, I don't love Derrick Henry. I respect Derrick Henry. I think he's you know, the best power back in football. I think he's a tremendous asset, but this is, this is 2022, not 1922, right? And we don't have a great passing game, although I think Robert Woods is just horribly underrated. Um, I think their defense, though, is well coached. Like I'm not a ten, and they've they've impressed me. Um, and and I, but th- their schedule is going to ramp up, right? I mean, I know that they go they go Broncos, Packers, but then they get Bengals and Eagles back to back. They play the Chargers and the Cowboys late, so we're going to learn a lot about the Titans. Um, but that division sucks. So <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like the AJ Brown tweet during Monday Night where teams suck. Yeah, good. The AJ Brown tweet during Sunday Night Football was so funny. It was, yeah. Um, oh, well, I mean, AJ Brown's. I mean, we just stole him. I can't even. <laughs> it gets me so excited. To it's very about. funny. So, Matt, my question to you: We have game two games that are different times. Steelers hosting the New Orleans Saints. Saints currently with the sixth worst record in the NFL. The Cowboys visiting the Packers, favored by four and a half. New Orleans favored by three and a, or by a point and a half. What win is more important for the Eagles? The Steelers beating the Saints and thus moving up their draft pick that the Eagles own, or the Cowboys losing another game? I'm I'm all in. What ifs or what ifs? I'm all in on this season, so you need the Packers to upset the Cowboys and push them a game lower in the standings. I don't want to get in December with a two, like a one or two game lead in the division. We're playing good enough football; we should be at the top of the pile. So I'm pushing. I would much rather the Packers win. Um, I, I love the high draft pick, right? Don't get me wrong, but much rather the Packers win. Yeah, I think that's the answer. Am I crazy to think? That I'd rather, that I'd like to see the Eagles lose that game in December to the Cowboys. Because look at the Eagles. We have not talked about the Eagles commanders game. We'll talk about them in a little bit. The Eagles schedule, and a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on it, but it's the NFL. It's predetermined, blah, blah, blah. I would like them to have some adversity by the time they reach the playoffs. I don't think they're going 16 and 0, 17 and 0. Cuz nobody there's one team in the modern era that did and they lost to an NFC East team. I would like some adversity and I'd like to 
puff up the Cowboys' ego a little bit. Am I crazy for thinking that? Well, it's a WIP take, but I'm I legitimately talking myself into this. We, I mean, we would be we would be fourteen and zero, right? When we got there, I'm going to tell you, somebody's going to do it. Somebody is going to go undefeated. I think they lose. I've said this. I said this being of the year. I think they drop a game to to the Giants or something like that. Oh, I, I don't. I do not want the Eagles to lose a game. I think I just I, there's I want to be the team that goes seventeen and zero, runs the table, wins the championship. Twenty and zero, that'd be nuts. I, what do you want me to say? I, I yeah, I know I don't want us to lose a game. Um, I, I if we lose a game, right? Like I, I don't I don't want us to lose a game. I think we are a fully complete offense. I, I, I like what I mean by that. Is, I'm not saying we're we don't, we're not saying we're the best offense, right? We're not. We do not have Patrick Mahomes at the helm. Okay, like. I, I get that. I love Miles Sanders. He he's not Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry, right? AJ Brown is is a monster. Um, I don't know if he's Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase. I think he's a monster. I think he's the top ten, maybe top five wide receiver right now in the NFL. But what I what I say all that because I think we are top to bottom limited weakness. I would love for us to win a close game late. So if that's in Dallas, that's fine. I want Jalen to drive the field and, and make the plays in a two-minute drill, but he, not at the first half, in the, the second the half. The Eli Manning. To make. You want him to do the Eli right. Manning. That's probably the one thing. Granted, he had some big drives against the Lions, against the Cardinals, but he had to have them. We got points out of them, right? Mm-hmm. But that's probably the one area offensively that I'm not, not, I'm not sold on, right? We just haven't seen it. And, and that's a good thing because we're playing great offense and great defense. Um, and defensively, you know, yeah, we gave up a little bit to the to the Texans on a Thursday night game, you know, against the run. We'll clean that up. I'm not super worried. Damian Pierce, very good. We talked about that before the game. Say again? Damian Pierce, very good. We talked oh, about that before good. the game. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and Jordan Davis being out hurts, although you can't predicate your whole run defense on Jordan Davis, but – you know, I think I think there are maybe better overall, a better. There might be better defenses than the Eagles, but not as top to bottom, like locked in as the Eagles. But for example, the the Forty ers are a great defense, but I don't know if their safeties and corners are as good as ours, right? Like that would be an example of a defense that's probably better, but not not by a lot. We're relative here, right? This is a zero sum game. So anyway, I say all that because I think we're just top to bottom. This is not Patrick Mahomes throwing for sixty touchdowns, right? And mm-hmm. and he, you know, it's just a one man show. I, again, I'd love to have that too. Don't get me wrong, but I think we're a complete team, and I think we're a team that has the chance, right, to to do to go all the way. Um, I'm not saying we're going to, but I think we're in that category, and I'd like to see us do it by staying undefeated. I've got no problems with that. Yeah, it's. Um... So I'm in. I don't want us to lose. No. No, I I don't either. Obviously, you never mm. want your team mm. to lose. But man, if it would you be guarantee me a Super Bowl. If you guaranteed me a Super Bowl, I would lose. Yes. Yeah. To be clear. But yeah, no. <laughs> well, it's the thing. So the, I'm going to the Commanders game on Monday. And hey, I'm going to the Commanders game on Monday. I will see you at the tailgate. But I'll part of that tailgate. was predicated on me joking to shout out Marty, who's hosting me. In the middle of the summer, we were talking about, I think, actually, we were talking about Hector Neris, which is now a. Good God. Yeah, sore subject. But we're talking about Philly athletes leaving and becoming good. And I said, you know, 
it really feels like Carson Wentz is going to come to that game and throw for like 400 yards, four touchdowns, and the Eagles are going to lose it. They're going to be, they might be like really good, and they're, but they're going to lose that game. I'd much rather have something like that. Maybe that's just the the fucked up Philly fan in me of just give me all the pain, but then I can maybe have the you know the ultimate satisfaction of the win. That sounded oddly sexual. I did not mean for it to. But without the Carson Wentz like revenge factor in this for Monday night, and I know we're jumping ahead to talk about Monday night's game, but without that, I'm excited to go to the game. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited to go to another Eagles game, especially in division. I haven't seen the Commanders since they were still the R-words, where Deshaun Jackson had the revenge factor, and he just, like many Deshaun Jackson-Washington games, just wipe the floor with the Eagles defense. But this game, I'm not terribly worried about because you have Taylor Heineke who has been the dragon slayer, buying his Nikes, all this different shit. For those that don't know, Taylor Heineke buys Air Jordans in the colors of the teams he beats. He did that with the Packers. Very cool. But I think you mentioned it, that the Eagles defense... There are some holes and there's some questions, I think specifically in like in depth in the secondary and maybe a little bit at linebacker, not in the, not on the front four though, which is fucking great. I love that. Love, love the big boys getting into action, but who is going to go over the top for the commanders against them? You know, to key into Terry McLaurin, you know that you can stop their run game and really make this about Terry McLaurin, not Terry McLaurin, about Taylor Heineke making plays. And I think we've seen that. You saw that what they did to Cooper Rush. You've seen what they've done to so many different quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, all of these different guys. And I don't know, maybe it made my head's getting a little too big about, about this game, but it, it, you know, the 11 point spread, I was about to say, and I had to double check. It feels, it feels right here. I was a little worried about it with the Steelers game a couple weeks ago. But you saw what Jalen did. Jalen and A.J. Brown just embarrassing people. And even if A.J. Brown just has one touchdown, like in the Houston game, he can still go after Devontae. We're still waiting for another Quez Watkins game. And you mentioned the run, the, the running core, where if they need to go to Kenneth Gainwell or to anybody else, they have the confidence to do it. Nick Sirianni is just really doing a good job. And Jonathan Gannon really changed so many different minds in Philadelphia. Please, Matt, tell me where I'm wrong here. Well, I mean, the only, I mean, the biggest concern is it's a divisional game, right? Mm-hmm. And so these teams see each other a lot, right? And this is not the first, you know, not their first matchup of the year, obviously different circumstances with Carson Wentz and not Taylor Heineke. So I mean, it's a divisional game though. Right. And, and this is what's tough. We talked about it. I, I don't want to, I never, I, if you said, Matt, I want to put money on two games, which one should I put it on? I'd say not the divisional matchup, right? Um, you know, I, I don't think your I don't think your confidence is a bad thing in this case, because I do agree, right? I just talked about how I think top to bottom, this is a great Eagles offense and defense. I think Jalen Hurts keeps them so grounded as a team. They're not above themselves, right? He's mm-hmm. he's just a great leader in person, right? And there's a lot of veterans on this team that are gonna keep people lock stepped. Um you know, I think I think defensively, I don't love Washington defensively. They've got a deep, you know, 
uh, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, some talent there, but they're not loaded on the defensive side of the ball. Um, like, like that this team was like just a couple of years ago. Right. Um, and offensively to your point, they have some weapons, right? McLaurin, Samuel Dotson, they're okay. Um, but you know, we have the, we have the personnel to shut them down and to make Heineke's life miserable. Um, and this is not a running team like the, the Houston Texans where it's not on the road. It's at home Monday night, raucous home crowd. Right. So uh, but again, it's a divisional matchup. That's the only thing that gives me pause here is this is a divisional NFC East matchup, and they tend to be a little tougher at times. Um, but that offensive line was abused at home when the Eagles went there. You think it's going to be any better? You think Robert Quinn doesn't want to get involved? Yeah. I mean, that alone is enough to to perk us up. So, um, and I got to tell you, I, I think Dallas Goddard is getting zero recognition. No, I think you're, you're looking right. at a top five, top five, possibly top three tight end in the league. And I have, this is not a disrespectful comment. Travis Kelsey is a wonderfully talented tight end, might be the best in football. He does not block like Dallas Goddard blocks. You're right. I mean, because all the tight ends that are now coming into the league are are more of a you know, Kyle Pitts, wonderful town, Atlanta, not a blocking tight end at all. Goddard does that and gets out. Now, is he helped by the offense? Sure. Play action really helps him. But he also, because he's a great blocker, teams can't key in on him as just a receiver. It's, you know, anyway, I, I just think he's being criminally underrated and has just been wonderful for this team. And arguably, not not as statistically proficient, but more important than A.J. Brown at times for this offense because he allows a blend of run and pass that makes defenses react instead of being proactive. So he's been tremendous, and he's not getting enough credit for his season. He has been awesome for this team. And, yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to shout that out. I think our offense is is a machine. Um, I think you've got a great conductor, and you've got a whole bunch of, of, of really solid stars around him um and you're right haven't seen anything major from quez in a couple weeks right even devonta has smith's been a little quiet right because well, the show's been game? AJ. it was against the commanders so exactly so anyway no i don't i don't I, other than the fact other than the fact that it's a divisional matchup i have no worries about this game yeah i don't either and i think it's kind of similar to that steelers game right of you know traditionally tough type of game and seeing you know seeing what we've seen as 30 something year old Eagles fans of games against these teams and the Steelers obviously you know now because of the new schedule they have they have everything where you know this was two years instead of four years but you know my mind still goes to 2004 of going to going to uh, three River Stadium and getting fucking the doors blown off of them which why I was worried there but the uh with the and same thing with here with where you know, I've seen the Washington football team. I know that the commanders now, and I can't say their old name because I don't want don't want us to get canceled. But um, yeah, all those different games. But the, this this game, as much as I want to be worried about it, I'm just not. And I don't know. I don't know if there's some negative thing to try to say about the Eagles on whether it's a try to be less penalized, but I feel like they did a pretty good job of it, and they actually. They were able to get. They were able to draw team, draw the the Texans offsides, and I know like Texans not a very good team, and blah blah blah. And I don't know. There's, you know, there's there's going to be some point where they do lose because it's the NFL. 
everybody loses, but you can't be, you can't feel bad about this game specifically. And as well as the fact that if Josh Allen doesn't play, that all of a sudden now you do have the tiebreaker with Minnesota. But if Minnesota keeps cruising, you know, then you have something to worry about because the bye does matter, right? How many years yes. has it been where at least at least one team, I feel like it's been, it's got to be at least 10 years since both Super Bowl teams had to play on Wild Card Weekend. And that was with two buys. And definitely since they expanded, at least one of the teams with a buy has made it. So like getting the, getting the not having to play on super wild card weekend. We got, we got to respect Goodell is just so important. And, you know, we just got to pray for Josh Allen, I guess. Yes, please. I hope he plays. All right. Well, I know we skipped over some games. Is there any other games you want to talk about before we wrap up? Anyway, we obviously touched on the Eagles and touched on some, on, on some of the other biggest, um, your biggest matchups, you know, if if you will. Um, the Cowboys-Packers game has kind of lost its its charge. I think the Chargers 49ers on Sunday night is a really good benchmark for both these teams. The 49ers are getting a lot of praise. I want to oh see what the God, Chargers can low. fucking do. What I'm, what I'm saying is I think both teams, I mean, the Chargers have been kind of come down a little bit. But the Niners are like, oh, my God, well, they're Super Bowl contenders. They're loaded. They're 4-4. Four and four. I know they've had injuries, right? I get that. I respect that. But they're still 4-4. Four and four. Don't want to necessarily play them, especially not in the playoffs. But they're not exactly rolling, right? Yeah. They're not even winning their division. And to your point, the Chargers, like, what you know, what do they have? You know, let's watch them in a primetime game. But I think the one concern you're going to have is, like, Keenan Allen may or may not play. Yep. Mike Williams is out. Their depth at wide receiver is really low. Josh, I mean, uh, uh, Justin Herbert's doing some crazy, incredible things to keep that team alive. Um, but I think this is a benchmark, right? The losing, the winning team comes out thinking they're a contender, and the losing team is going to get some bad vibes up. Oh, they don't have it. So I think it's a great matchup. I think if you had asked about this matchup back in in August, I would have said, oh, my God, one of the best Sunday night games of the year. But both teams come in with some with some glaring issues that I think are going to either be exposed or closed up um and and i'll tell you what watch both these teams play defense but really enjoy that fred warner led 49ers defense playing around with josh herbert and trying to focus on austin eckler it's a great matchup on that side of the ball the chargers offense versus the uh, 49ers defense but that's a really fascinating game to me is very good i yes concerned fred warner any day i'm concerned just from having a lot of Chargers players on various fantasy teams, uh, specifically Justin Herbert. And yeah, that, that defense is really good. So I will be, you know, obviously we'll be watching that game, but uh, yeah, it, I don't know the seven point line. It's tough, but I don't, I can't really argue with it even with the, you know, the difference in record, but Chargers got, it's a show me game for them. And they just haven't been able to show it. They barely beat the Falcons. They've bare, they've either lost games they probably should have won, or you know, I don't know. They're they're just a team. They're I don't want to call them frauds for having a five and three record because your record is what you say you are. The old Bill Parcells, but I don't know. It's you you nailed the you hit the nail on the head of uh, that whole point. But I don't know. 
Matt, any other final thoughts on the NFL before we wrap this thing up? We are getting close to separation season Mm -hmm. where, you know, even with the extra wild card team, you're going to start to see the real true bottom feeders because there's some teams kind of hanging around and then what teams have it. And I think there's some teams that are floating. We talked about some of them right directly on that line. The Chargers. Well, one of the them Rams, hired uh, their former center as a head coach. The this Cardinals. Week. I think the Colts are, are has-beens. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, so the Colts. I'm mean, not the Colts. Um, we're just talking about the Colts. Sorry, but the uh, – the the Packers the Packers who I think are, are more than the has been but it's still Aaron Rodgers right but the Rams the Cardinals the Chargers the Packers um, there's a bunch of teams the Saints that are just kind of floating on this line of like okay do we believe them or not and you're gonna start to see some of these three and six four and five you know teams go one direction or the other and make runs to the top of the standings. And so it's a really great part of the NFL season as, as you know, we're in the middle of the bi-week hectic, hectic bi-week situation um, where you're seeing teams kind of shuffle around and move and you're going to see who's for real and who's not. And I think it starts, I think it starts Sunday morning, nine 30, the Buccaneers and we've covered this game, right? But the Bucks and the Seahawks, you've got the overachieving Seahawks, the underachieving Buccaneers, it's a huge game for both these teams in Germany. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Um, can't wait. Looking forward to it already. Could you imagine explaining to a German, hey, this team is 6-3. Mm-hmm. and three. They're 4-5. and five. They're both in the playoffs right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it shows you why this league is so popular, why it beats everything else, is because anybody can win any year. This is not – basketball where you have to have the, the, the one of the top five superstars in the league kind of thing. This isn't soccer where, you know, it's the best teams every year pay a bunch of money or the, or the, or baseball, right. Where many times it's the team with the highest payroll, obviously not necessarily always true. Right. But um, no, I think that's, I think it's fascinating though. It is. It absolutely is. But Matt, thank you as always. This was so much fun. I'm glad we were able to, to pull this off in our, uh, our busyness of our lives. So thank you, man. Of course, man. Awesome time. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss any more of our football shows. It's college football seating up. The NFL seating up. Subscribe the bullpen cart, wherever you get your podcasts. But for Maddie D, I am the G man. Have a great weekend, everybody and fly Eagles fly.